0: up, everyone? We are back again with our Chell Stars podcast. We got a great show for you tonight, uh, or this morning, or afternoon. Whenever you're listening to it on your morning commute, your afternoon lull, or your evening wind down, we got a good show for you uh, in store. We're gonna talk a little Canucks update. Uh, we're gonna talk a little abs recap with our insider Kyle. Uh, and then we want to talk a little bit about our uh, most overrated and underrated players. This has been uh, always a good discussion uh, and it was requested by some of our listeners. Uh, so we're going to kind of talk about who, who we think is uh, overrated and underrated uh, throughout the league um, players currently and some players from the past. I think it'll be a good discussion. Uh, and then we'll hit our trivia segment. Uh, thank you, Kyle, for always supplying the great um a questions for us. Uh, and then we'll give you the next fan question on our Instagram page after that. Uh, so we got a good hour ahead of us. Unfortunately, uh, we are missing uh, our good friend Mikey, um, who is at the Canucks game tonight, uh, enjoying a good Canucks win. So there you have it. Uh, let's get started right into our Canucks news. Um, Canucks win. Eight to five. Again, it did not come easy. At uh, what a third period! Uh, I just finished watching uh, myself. I think uh, I got home to watch it in the third period. It was three nothing. No, sorry, sorry. It was three two when I got home. It finished eight to five. What a wild uh, third period filled with a lot of goals. We got a Kuzmenko <clears throat> hat trick. Uh, I was impressed by Pedersen play i only watched the third period there but he was flying uh making some great passes
1: um max you watched the the full game tonight yeah aaron and i were you know thankful enough to be able to watch it after I believe it was tuesday's game we'll get into that a bit but that was on the channel unfortunately i did not get um but yeah we're I was able to watch the game tonight uh It was an eventful one, as you said, eight to five finish, uh, multiple two-goal leads that were cut down to one on numerous occasions, and not the greatest defense, not the best goaltending, I'm going to say by Gibson. A few questionable ones in there, but um, overall, I mean, win's a win, we'll take it. Great night (laughs) with Kevin Bieksa being uh, retired on a one-day contract. Which is cool. So, uh, Aaron, do you have any thoughts on the game?
2: Yeah, pretty much the same thing. I mean, obviously, it's probably not the way we wanted it to fully go. But, again, we have to not complain too much when we get a win. Um, The defensive side was a little bit concerning again. But also, you can't complain much when you're scoring eight goals, especially with some people that haven't been scoring as much lately. So that's good to see that sort of secondary effort. Um, The power play looked really good, in my opinion, tonight. Just unfortunately, again, we're having some more penalty kill struggles. Those seem to be continuing.
0: I would would say I can complain much because even though they are scoring eight goals, they score a goal and then they get scored on right after. And this team feels like they they have no killer instinct to close the game out when they have a lead. And I think that's really distressing. You really
2: never feel safe watching, no matter what the score is.
0: No. Yeah. And they're giving, they're, I. what I've noticed is they give up chances. Like these one on ones, like that Comtois goal. Yeah. These one on one, their players are breaking in and just potting it in the net. Or that the New Jersey doubles loss. All those two on, like there was a ton of two on ones and odd man rushes against the Canucks.
2: Yeah, I have um, to say that too much of tonight's success didn't come just because of Anaheim overall not playing that well. And like Max mentioned, Gibson letting in a few weak goals obviously didn't help. It could easily have been a much closer game and or a loss for the Canucks.
0: I mean, I think if they play a stronger a stronger team, yeah, that's a loss. Ducks are right below us in the standings, which <laughs> is not very high up knowing where the Canucks are. Like you said, a win is a win, and we'll take it. We'll pretty much take anything right now. Um, Just looking at the standings, uh, Canucks are sitting at eight points. um, Only two behind Calgary. Granted, we have two games at hand, um, but only two points behind Calgary right now. Um, So it's still close. Wow, Vegas has 20 points. They are 10-2. Yeah, they, they've had a great this start. This nuts. Wow. Yeah. Huh. And Seattle is third in the Pacific right now.
1: Yeah, it's a interesting start. out. I would say for a lot of teams throughout the league, you can look at, you know, so many teams are just below 500 that no one really anticipated, or some teams are doing a lot better. Uh, you look at over in the East, you got New Jersey. Uh, off to a really hot start after going 0-2. You got Boston, who none of us really believed in. I know, Corey, you had dead last in your (laughs) predictions. I I did, yep. (laughs) Um, So there's still time for them to tank, but I mean...
2: It is early, but I mean, I know we were all worried about the injuries and missing time. Marshan clearly hasn't missed a step in his return. He's been really, really good. Yeah, they just, and overall... Are performing much above what I say we would predict like many teams that we thought would not do too well to start the year here
0: yeah. absolutely
1: yeah, you I
3: think just to name a few teams that teams that are doing better than I anticipated um, Winnipeg, Chicago Buffalo yeah. just like oh, Philadelphia yeah. of course too just, just shocking I mean it's early on but it's just it's just crazy um, that like these teams that I thought were not capable of doing anything good are killing <laughs> it. Yeah, or at good. least playing just above 500 hockey.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's been weird starts too, because like I mentioned, with New Jersey starting 0 2, but you also got Pittsburgh who had a crazy hot start, uh, but now have mm-hmm. lost yeah. six in a row. You got St. Louis who started three and 0 and now are three and six after losing six wow. in a row today. Uh, with Bennington storming off again, that was funny <laughs> to watch. Um, Did he storm off again? Yeah, oh, I he kind of up. like, kind of just shouldered it by everyone, like all the items. <laughs> uh, Again, he's such have a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that was what a guy. Quite funny. Uh, you got Washington losing three in a row. All of a sudden, Ottawa losing four in a row. Then you look at the top of the leaderboard. Uh, Vegas. Boston, we just mentioned, seven and six and wins in a row. Uh, Islanders all of a sudden winning five in a row. It's been a crazy weird start, I'd say, for the NHL. Still very early, but no one can predict this, I would say.
2: I'm surprised at the length of all those streaks you're mentioning. Exactly. Loss and win ones. That's actually kind of crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It is so early where if you lose a couple or you win a couple, your, your change in the standings is very significant. Mm-hmm. So it really makes a difference. But like like Hal said, still very early. Um a long way to go.
3: Yeah. At the same time, that's like what 10, 10 to thirteen games into the season for each team. Like Yeah. If if you're having a, a cold stretch right now, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard down the stretch to, to catch up. Like you've kind of said the entire time, Corey. Like if you're gonna lose six games in a row. Now you have to win six games in a row if you want to get back to 500 which yep. is hard to do
0: absolutely um, so just closing off on the Canucks their next game uh, Saturday against Nashville um, and then they have a back to back Ottawa and Montreal Tuesday Wednesday so that's looking at um, for the next week uh, quickly just want uh, uh, a quick statement Max and Aaron, what maybe Max give me um, something they need to improve on for the next week, and Aaron something that they need to continue that they did well from tonight.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I can immediately chime in on that. I think um, biggest them going for the Canucks going into the next week and even just the next few months is going to be um, getting the confidence level back in Demko. I know he's had a very tough time and that's not not his fault at all. I mean, you can look at a few of the goals, been pretty unlucky, but I think playing in front of Demko is the number one priority in getting that, you know, you know, MVP like player on uh, back on your team and back to his full confidence because I know they had 2 days off from Tuesday going into today's game and they decided to go with Martin, which really shows kind of how his struggles have been. So right. Saturday, I want to definitely see an improved, uh, you know, structure in front of him and try and get a, you know, pretty much get a win under his belt, really, and get him going. Aaron, right? Just to chime yeah. into that, um, I don't think
3: the Canucks have any other choice than to be really structured team defensively because they don't have the defensive skill mm-hmm. to well, yeah. to hold off teams. So, so you're totally right that that um, that there needs to be a better structure in front of Demco.
0: It would also be nice to see them win with a structure and not win these, like, Wild West shootout. Yeah. You know, it would be nice for them to have a lead and then just close it out and, you know, shut the game down um, and not being scored on with five, two minutes left, you know,
1: <laughs> while, while we're biting our nails, you know. Um, so and, good. And defense. don't forget the uh, penalty kill. That needs to be a lot better. Mm-hmm.
2: That would have been <laughs> <good>. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> yeah, it's still thirty second in the HL going into today's tonight's game, and I believe Anaheim were two for three.
2: And that, notably, Anaheim, I believe, there's first <laughs> for their power play, and yet they still scored two out of three. So yeah. that's that's not great.
1: Yeah. So, so that needs to get on a roll soon. So
2: that's what you had, Aaron. Special teams. Yeah, so for, I believe you asked me what they should continue doing. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I do have a much longer list for the question you asked, Max. um, (laughs) But special teams do kind of come up for that as well. Notably the power play, I think, has been really good to start the season. They've been moving the puck really well, getting a lot more shots, which was a big struggle last year. So that is something I think should stay the same. Obviously, the exact opposite would be the penalty kill, which (laughs) one needs to change, but something really needs to change.
0: Yeah, yeah. I noticed, uh, especially noticed against New Jersey, they were going to. They had a play that looked like they were trying to feed Horvat in the slot. Did you guys Mm -hmm. uh,
1: see that? Yeah, I believe. I think so. He had two power play goals. Did he not? (laughs) Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. And they were trying for a few times. uh, Seemed like kind of had a set play there, and kind of one time, trying to get it to Horvat, and one time in the slot. Uh, it seemed to work in that game, so might be uh, if they can get that going, that would be nice to... They definitely have talented players on the power play, um, so that if they can get that going, that would be a big boost for them.
2: Yeah, the' so am still so stuck on why their penalty kill hasn't performed better. I mean, I watched Pedersen on the penalty kill, and he looks pretty solid. He deflects when so yeah. he passes. Just his like ability to know what's about to happen is just so good, but right. I don't know what else is happening that is it just, like, the structure they're playing, the positioning? Like, I – yeah, I don't have an answer for that one.
1: I think partially it has to be due to Myers laying down half the time and not blocking any passing lanes.
2: He really commits to the block. He really in commits. places that don't need blocks.
1: And I don't think I've ever seen him block
2: one.
0: He's such a long body, too. Once he's <laughs> down,
1: he takes forever. And he, like forever. And he out, like –
0: He'll just take it we've seen him just take out his own teammates right <laughs> covers the ice oh gosh but okay so they play Nashville Ottawa Montreal and all those teams are in the lower half of the standings so this is a good opportunity for them to string some wins together knock on wood because I feel like I've already said too much now because <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that and hopefully they play three games until our next uh our next show so hopefully we have some good news um Kyle let's go to you let's get a quick update uh from them our reigning Stanley Cup champs looks like they're at about 500 right now um what can you tell us about their performance lately yeah it's been a It was a rough
3: weekend, um, for the, for the Avs for sure. Um, I, I watched the better part of both games and it was, it was pretty frustrating, um, first playing New Jersey. I mean, New Jersey is doing unreal, but not being able to score at all on, on Vitek Vanacek and not even being able to like create a lot of, of chaos in the devil zone was absolutely brutal to watch. Um, so nothing great really from that game. I think it was like all around not the best team performance. More um, individual performances on, on on any front. And then the game that <clears throat> the game that really pissed me off was the the next night against the Islanders, being up three nothing halfway through the game, and um, if things are looking pretty smooth. Isles score one goal. It's just a huge missed def- defensive zone coverage at the point. Let's a defenseman walk in and rip a rip a shot again. Another battle for, for the three, two goal in front of the net where one Islander out battles four avalanche defenders, um, and mm-hmm. pokes a puck under the goalie tying goal, long shift. Um, all the apps players are just dead and not able to, to, to stop a backdoor pass. And then just another unlucky play for the, for the go ahead goal for the Islanders, um, to see the Avalanche's lead, um, falter. I think the nice thing though, like going into the season, our biggest doubt was goaltending. Um, with Georgiev being a backup last year, we were kind of concerned that he wouldn't be able to handle the entire load. Um, mm-hmm. but so far he's been awesome. I'm sure he'll go through a through a tough stretch later this season, but um uh, for now, it's pretty awesome. It's it's the backup Francois who was unreal in the playoffs last year that is currently um, definitely playing himself into a backup role instead of splitting the starts. Um, so that's tough to see. Um, overall, like the the games last weekend from the Avalanche, I just saw a lot of not winning puck battles, not driving play, not 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 using your teammates, just trying to do it yourself and be the one to make that big play. Um, lack of effort, lack of purpose. Right. And that's... and, and Makar and McKinnon just not playing up to their potentials.
0: Right.
2: So, so let's my... back to special teams for a second here. I'm just looking at Colorado's yeah. stats to start the season. Obviously, I haven't really watched any Avalanche games, so I'm curious what your opinion is here. So they are ranked first currently for power play. No one's really surprised about yep. that. Um, but they are 30th for penalty kill at the moment.
3: Is yeah. Something that you've
2: yeah. noticed throughout the game's been a big struggle.
3: Oh, absolutely. And it, it it's they'll take stupid penalties like like stupid like slashes or or too many men stuff that that just doesn't need to happen. And then they're on the penalty kill and all of a sudden like like other teams are just like walking them around the zone and 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 just creating great opportunities. Um it's kind of tough cuz I think the only player that was on the AS penalty kill like like forward wise last year was was Cogliano and the rest have all kind of changed. So I think they just need to figure out like like that structure and stuff. Um So I I think that's the biggest thing is is just the penalty killers getting used to playing with each other.
2: Yeah, that's fair. So they just basically need more time essentially.
3: They need more time, and then also, Colorado's defense is very offensive. Mm. So, so players like McCarr, even though he's a good defensive player, um, he wouldn't be good as like a Charlie McBoy, obviously. Like, McBoy's one of the best defensive defensemen in the league, but um, but like, he's he, he's just not as prone to like good defense as other players are. <laughs> And like after like, because our first defensive pair is obviously Taves and McCar, and then after that, like you either have like Gerard or Bowen Byram playing on the second unit with with Eric Johnson or Manson. So it's 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 kind of tough because both those guys are young and offensive, and just not not up to snuff defensively either. But I'm not too too worried. Um, my My guess on what happened last season is the boys had a fun weekend in New York after their big win against the Rangers and had a couple group nights out before their Europe trip. So I don't think it's going to become too common of a of an issue. But it's just an ugly couple games to watch right before right before they didn't get to play for like five or six days because they're. Over in Finland right now. So,
0: right. Yeah. But that's an odd back to back. A one nothing <laughs> followed up the next day by a five to four. Both one goal yep. loss. Like, that's frustrating for <laughs> I mean, to watch them not score a goal, lose one nothing, to score four and still lose by a goal the next score day. score three and then give it up. <laughs> oh, can you do? Um, what were you saying about the the goalies again? I know um, so Francois. I played uh, François. against so Sorry, Francois. <laughs> um, played against the Devils, and then Gorgiev against. Gorgiev faced a lot more shots against the Islanders. Um, yeah. Sorry, can you say your comment about the goaltending again? So one of, go ahead. So at the start of the year,
3: like our our issue our concern, like the Avalanche fan base as a whole was like our goalie situation with both of them, not ever carrying a huge NHL load before. Yeah. Um, so, so we were worried about if somebody would grab the starting job or if it would be like a split all season. Cause all, cause either both of them are playing decent or both of them are playing terrible. But I found that Georgiev has been able to steal games and make it uh, more timely saves than Francois has been able to this season. Francois mm-hmm. hasn't played bad per se, but it's just yeah. not he's not the goalie that he or he, he wasn't he's not playing like he was last year. So Okay. Okay. Yeah. Especially in the playoffs right Francois went like 6 and 0 and basically held the avalanche in it while Kemper had that eye injury against.
0: Right. Nash, so I recall that. Yeah. Okay. Well, they do have a back to back Friday, Saturday in Finland against Columbus. So I'm yep. sure we'll see uh dual starters in those games.
3: Yeah, we definitely will. Um obviously like you're talking about global series. Um so they're playing a couple games in Finland both Friday and Saturday at eleven AM. So nice. Great timing. <laughs>
0: i'll be like saturday morning game um don't know about tomorrow
3: but yeah i don't think the viewership on that one's going to be very high
0: (laughs) Uh, all good okay i'll I'll be
3: Uh, what's that i'll be able to catch a first period then i gotta go to work (laughs) yeah
0: yeah great thanks kyle um okay (laughs) that's uh concludes our weekly update. I'm going to hand it over to Aaron for our next segment here.
2: Awesome. Thank you, Corey. So now we're going to get into our most over and underrated players. So similar to how we've ranked players in the past, we each have one pick of each. We'll just go through and let's do our most underrated first. Um, Just give us your player, your reasoning, and we'll see if we all agree with you. Let's go over to Kyle first. Give us your most underrated.
3: Perfect. Um, so my most underrated player um, has really broken out the past few years and still pretty sneaky even to this day. Um, my most underrated player is Jesper Brat in New Jersey. Obviously, I'm pretty big proponent of a lot of the Jersey players. Um, huge fan of Hughes, huge fan of Sharon Govich, and Brat is having a great last couple of seasons too. Basically, point per game last year, which was so under the radar. Um, And this year, he's just had one of the hottest starts in the league. Um, Really driving play really well for that team. And already outplaying the contract, the one-year, five-and-a-half million dollar contract, I think. So I got to say, it was really smart of him to only sign a one-year deal because he's going to demand way more money Mm -hmm. this upcoming offseason.
1: Yeah, he's gonna demand a lot. (laughs) That was a real bet on your self contract. That was unreal. It seems to be absolutely looking like a well, great bet on himself, really.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I legitimately had no idea he was point per game until I just last year, until I just looked it up and he led the devils in points last year. Yep. Wow! Wow! As a winger too, which is uh, not always uh, common.
3: Not very, eh? Yeah. 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 A lot so. less touches. A lot less freedom around the zones.
0: Mhm. Yes, very good pick. We'll be watching him this year, especially if Devils have a good year, which we're uh, kind of thinking they will um he'll have he'll definitely have a good contract here
3: good pick I'd say as well I just picked him up off the waiver wire in fantasy (laughs) so
1: (laughs) yeah I would have it's a good pick Mm mm-hmm I thought so too
2: awesome well let's head over to Max now give us your pick
1: perfect thanks Aaron uh I I had trouble picking because I think for underrated I think a lot of us could have easily picked so many other names um but I'm going with one that I've had in fantasy in the past, and he's just always been super sneaky, and that is uh, Rupe Hintz of uh, the Dallas Stars. Um, Pretty much ever since the 2020-21 season, um, he's been basically a point-per-game player. Um, He's been battling injuries, especially that season I just mentioned, where he only played 41 games, uh, but he had 43 points, and that was his pretty big breakout season. Uh, I remember in fantasy, um, he would basically play a game and then sit a game. He'd just go on off, basically. And mm-hmm. um, Next season, I made sure to target him, hoping for a healthy one, and he did. He had 72 and 80, and he's been an mm-hmm. absolutely pivotal part of that top line with Robertson and Pavelski, which is easily one of the best lines in the league. And I don't think that whole line gets enough recognition. So I'm going to almost just say that whole line is underrated.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm.
2: All right. Well, Corey, once again, you have picked somebody who is not a current player. Not that any of us are surprised, I don't think. Why don't you give us your pick?
0: Yeah, I went
2: with a a, um,
0: retired player. Um, Now, this this topic actually was um, brought up to me. Uh, but one of my friends, Reese. So, Reese, I'll just shout you out here. Um, we had a good discussion uh, the other day about this very topic, and he had me guess this player um, who is fifth in all-time points in the NHL. And I'll give the listeners a, a chance to uh, think about who they think it is um, in terms of all-time points, obviously we have Gretzky, Yager, Messier, Gordie Howe, and then sitting in number fifth is Ron Francis, uh, who I have for the most uh, underrated player. Um, I'll admit this is a little bit before my time, so uh, I never really watched Ron Francis. Uh, this is kind of a more uh, a pick. Um, uh, that I've heard kind of through uh our um uh older generation hockey fans. Uh means fifth all time. Uh he's won two cups with Pittsburgh and a pivotal role on that team. Uh played for Pittsburgh for a number of years and just consistently had a number of great years points wise. And one of the more dominant players and consistent Uh, players as well through his era Um, and his name does come up when I hear uh, talks of underrated players frequently but you know he's never you read some of those names and I feel like he gets kind of glazed over a lot when you when you you know below him are uh, maybe also underrated Marcel Dion at number six but then you hear other names like Iserman, Lemieux, Sakic, who we we are very familiar with. Um, but he played 17... 1,731 games, one thousand seven hundred and ninety-eight points. That is a lot of games. That is a lot of points. Good for fifth Holy smokes. I didn't.
1: I didn't <laughs> know crazy. he played that much. Holy. Yeah. How many? How many?
0: How many seasons is that? Um. That. Is I can count them. Yeah, sure, go for it.
3: (laughs) My question, like, not that any of us would have the answer to it, but I'd love to know because Corey was saying, like, this is this guy's before his time. This guy's before all of our time. Um, Mm -hmm. Who who does Ron Francis most resemble now in the current game? (laughs) Like, 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 who did he like? Holy, I'd love to know. So then I can kind of get an idea of like, okay, this is like a Ron, for, like this is Ron Francis and he compares to like this player.
0: Just, just... That's a great question.
3: Yeah. Which none of us would have the answer to, but yeah. You know who might have the
2: answer but, to... Well, yeah. Pat. L- Pat
1: has the answer Pat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question to our listeners to chime in. Um, and Reese, if you're listening, that's a good question for you. Uh, to let me know, um, yeah, Ron Francis played for the Hartford Whalers for the first decade of his career and played for Pittsburgh uh, in the 90s where he won a couple cups, part of that team uh, with Yager and Lemieux. So maybe that's maybe one of the reasons he's a little underrated. He um, kind of played maybe third fiddle to that team a little bit and then finished his career in Carolina and actually played 12 games for Toronto in his last year, oddly. And is currently the general manager of Seattle Kraken, I'm right? Sorry, Corey, is Ron Francis an out.
3: underrated GM?
0: P- possibly. I mean, that would just add to his underratedness. <laughs>
2: sorry, I,
3: I
0: got in... cut you off.
2: Yeah, sorry. I was just you were listing all those teams, Corey. But did we ever get the total seasons that he played?
0: Oh, yeah, uh, twenty-five. But oh. that last, uh, sorry, 25. War. wow because oh he got he got traded sorry he must have been traded to toronto
1: Either the number is insane.
0: yes he was traded to toronto at the end so it looks like 24 23 actually sorry 23 he was traded from hartford <laughs>
2: this is the most reliable yeah. stat i guess
1: yeah <laughs> this is what you yeah do when and you then he during a podcast <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: yes live um uh and he also coached Carolina from two thousand and nine to twenty eleven as a assistant coach. Wow. Uh um so he's a three time Lady Bing uh trophy winner, a one time uh, Selkie, and one time King Clancy. Jeez. Yes. And three one hundred plus years points. Wow. Okay.
3: So so I'm reading through like like I don't know, I found some old article from twenty fourteen that's modern modern day Ron Francis. And okay. I mean people are saying a lot of dumb stuff in here like 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 Miko Koivu and like players like that, which obviously don't even compare. Um, but the one that sticks out is like a more offensively talented um patrice bergeron and i'm curious i'm curious how accurate that is um or maybe like a dat Souk kind of player so i'd love to hear how mm-hmm. how 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 accurate that is um, yeah anyways moving on aaron you got you got an underrated
2: yeah so i'll give you the last underrated player here so my pick was slavin from carolina um I think he's mainly underrated just because for most of the big defense we see in the league the big talk is always their points obviously like you see they get a lot of recognition for being offensive but Slavin is really a pure defensive defenseman he doesn't get a lot of points but he is so reliable in his role he plays a lot of minutes every night Um, And I think just because he has that more defensive role, he doesn't really get a lot of credit for what he actually does for the team. But as we know, what he is doing does make a huge difference when it comes to producing those kind of scoring chances, even if he isn't per se a part of them all. Um, And I know, Max, after I announced this was my pick, you immediately came back with this was my pick, too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Give me your opinions on him as well.
1: I mean, I think whenever I, like, think of the most underrated player, the, immediately, I'd like to kind of look towards the defensemen of the league, especially defensive defensemen, because mm-hmm. they just don't get enough talk. You, mm-hmm. We've mentioned, I've mentioned this before about the Norris Trophy, I believe, when we were mm-hmm. predicting it, but, um, you know, it always seems to go to someone with a lot of points. Not, not to say that Makar or Yossi last year weren't good defensively, Uh, But you just don't get that same recognition to players such as Slavin, and they're just so underrated. Um, Mm -hmm. And you pair him with, this year, with the Brent Burns, who is just a pure offensive defenseman, and you're already seeing a lot of rewards there.
2: That's Um, true, that's a really good pairing.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They dominate 5-on-5, and, you know, like Aaron mentioned, he plays all situations, lots of minutes and he's on a steal of a contract i i honestly don't remember if i did mention him as my best contract when we did that episode long ago but he would he was definitely one of them if Mm i
2: for sure up there with the rate the defense are going at nowadays yeah he's one of those guys that like stat wise if you just look at him on paper he doesn't look like he's that good but it's because he doesn't produce as like a quote-unquote good fantasy player would produce i mean he's in our league, just to give you a reference point, he's ranked 447th right now. Jesus. So you look at him and you think he's doing terrible. But if you actually watch him play, you just see how much he actually does on the ice. It's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, I think it seems like every successful team always has that one usually underrated defensive defenseman mm-hmm. that, yeah, doesn't get a lot of points, but they're out there blocking shots, shut down penalty killing, yeah, all those little things for sure. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, all the kind of the cup winners or the successful teams have a guy that that does that. And, the, um, and I think one
3: thing that's important to note as well is even though he's like eating pucks, banging bodies, and super good defensively in his own zone, he can still transition the puck up the ice. Not that he's getting a lot of assists off of it, mm-hmm, but he can yeah. still... Move the puck well enough to to like create offense for his team. Um,
1: yeah, like yeah, a good breakout basically. down the ice. Yeah,
3: which a lot of good defensive defensemen you don't necessarily get that right. Like if you're like like Radko Gudas blocks a ton of shots and hits a bunch, but he's not going to be able to break the puck out the same as Slavin, and that's going to separate them a lot.
0: I think that's one of the reasons why Tampa Bay picked up ryan mcdonough um years doc to kind of fill that role
3: yeah absolutely because mcdonough's not on the points sheet too too much but he, he has no issues transitioning the puck up ice when he has to
0: so of Great course and then moving him into tank.
2: sorry Corey, okay. i think the value of having that combo of like we talk about Burns, slab and the offensive defenseman defensive defenseman is kind of underrated like time at times like kyle you go back yeah. to colorado how Most of their top defense are all very offensive defensemen. Like, you think if you could put some sort of Slavin-esque player in with Macar, if that would make
1: like Devon Taves stronger, that would make him. Is he well? I was just gonna say. I mean, Taves
2: gets a lot of points. Like,
1: (laughs) yeah, but he's that defensive guy that goes with Macar.
2: Yeah, I don't know.
3: taves Taves is much more defensive. Um, but mm. but I think he also has a lot more offensive flair than Slavin, which is okay. why he can mix in a bit more points there. You're totally right that like if Taves was a little bit better defensively, I think that that would change up the entire dynamic and maybe even allow Makar a bit more freedom. Mm-hmm. But, but that's a um, pretty good place to have. Yeah. yeah But I'm very happy with Taves, and I wouldn't trade him for
1: the world. <laughs> I mean, Definitely. God, knows.
0: Colorado also scored a ton last year. So, just playing a lot of minutes, you're going to get assists either way.
3: That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you're putting the puck up ice to, to McKinnon, Granton, and McCarr, <laughs> yeah. you're going to get points, which is kind of interesting that Slavin doesn't get those points. But
1: yeah. Uh, he did have a decent year last year 42 yeah. and 79. So, I mean, yeah. there you go. Oh, 42 go. points, most yeah. of them assists. Yeah.
2: Most oh, assists. Hell. I think he only had like four goals, but I'm sure he just gets so many secondary assists just by oh yeah. you breakout plays.
3: Plus, just giving the, the puck to off. Aho up the middle, <laughs> and then Aho pops it out to the <laughs> winner, and off they go.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. just sit back and relax.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sit back and play your defense like a pro. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, so why don't we move into our most overrated players here? So we'll start with Kyle again this time. So Kyle, give us your most overrated player.
3: Good stuff. Um I I think I'm I'm, I'm probably going to go a bit harsh on this guy because he only had one good season. Um but I mean, you score 52 goals and all of a sudden you are expected to score 52 goals every single year. So my most overrated going to this season and maybe into future seasons is Chris Kreider. Um Before this, before last season, his highest goal scoring rate was 28 goals for the season. So nearly doubling that is insane. And he's now got a target on his back as as a 50 goal scorer. So that is why he's the most overrated. I also know for a fact that he shot out of his mind last year and he probably won't be able to replicate it. So we'll find
1: out. And it was just, like, I think that's that somewhere about him having, I think it was, like, 17 tip-in goals on the power play, mm. which was, like, more than, like, 10 more than the next person, which is just not going to happen no. this year. Just can't happen again. No. <laughs> well, all he does on
3: the power play, anytime I'm watching the Rangers, all he does is stand beside the net and either get, like, garbage goals or tip-in goals. Yeah. <laughs> Which, good for him, man. He's, he's, he's making a ton of money playing in New York, living the life, scoring 50 goals <laughs> yeah. a year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I kind of hate that he's overrated because who's, who's rating him <laughs> over? I, like, I don't know. He scored, he had a great year. Um, like, I would say he's overrated because he's overperformed. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, no. He scored all these goals last year. But I think if you're smart, you would uh... you'd be weary of it, right?
1: Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Yeah, I know so... going into our fantasy draft, I knew not to uh, look to him too early on. And I know someone's <laughs> obviously gonna draft him, but I didn't want him. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Thanks for the subtle diss this yeah. is on my team. I don't remember <laughs> what round I drafted him in? Though. Um, uh, fifth round, a little early, but yeah we'll see I still have hope hmm. not for 50 goals maybe but a little bit better what he's doing right now would be nice
3: yeah yeah. He's, he's he's at a rough start I got him in one of my other leagues um, and he's been nearly silent except for the last couple of weeks he's been picking up a little bit but
2: yeah
1: well so...
0: Rangers have been a little off and on as well they've been a little inconsistent Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
2: Alright, I'll move into my overrated player now. Um, So my choice here is Patrick Laine. Um, And I mean, he is one that has been consistently scoring a decent amount of points throughout his career, but he never really has stood out as sort of the star player that he should be or is sort of portrayed to be. He doesn't really seem to have the ability to carry a team. Um, Columbus as a whole isn't doing very good, but he doesn't really show that ability to take them to the next level for what I've seen. Um, one notable stat that I thought was quite interesting for Columbus this year is they are actually ranked last on the power play right now because they are over 25. Oh. And that is with Lina and oh, Goudreau geez. on your top power play. Oh, no. And to me, that's <laughs> just a big, big red flag. I don't know. I don't even know how you explain that.
1: That's... Really bad.
2: The only thing Laine ever really did good, in my opinion, was score goals. And now he can't even really mm-hmm. do that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, we found yeah. that out when he's, watching the he's, Canucks.
3: He's also, he's also only scored, or sorry, only played four games this year. Because he got injured in like the first game, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So to be fair, maybe it's not all his fault. Maybe we should talk about... Gaudreau fitting in. Johnny Goodrow. Like, no, we won't, go there. What you <laughs> we won't go, go there. we talk about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think is kind of living still um, from that draft hype of being uh, second overall, which he hasn't really lived up to. Hasn't really... Aaron, you said he hasn't uh, led a team. Is that how you put it? Yeah. Um,
3: yeah, he's, he's a very secondary player. Like... Like a Marion Gabbert kind of thing.
2: Yeah, like there's no debating he's Mm -hmm. a good player and he does have his moments where he plays well, but he just doesn't perform to what, like you mentioned, Kyle, like, or sorry, Corey, I believe when he was drafted, what the talk was around him. It's just Mm -hmm. never happened. And yet I still think he's mentioned a little bit too often in those top player conversations.
0: For sure. I mean, there was, when he was drafted, there was comparisons, not comparisons, it, it was like a Matthews Line A rivalry. We all kind of knew Matthews was better, but just because they were one and two, there was kind of like that, like that McDavid Eichel a little bit. Um, but it's not even close at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's always been a very streaky scorer. Like he'll have like back to back hat tricks, and then he'll just ha- won't score for like 20 games. I'm, I'm I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you're also not wrong.
3: I There's
2: I,
1: one... yeah. I've heard that stuff. Yeah. before.
0: That
3: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, around 20. Yeah. 18,
2: 19.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think in his like second season, he did score the entire month of like September, and then or September, October. Then scored like 15 goals the next month, and then just like went silent mm-hmm. again after that. Jeez. Like, mm-hmm. like, I forget the specifics of it, but I remember him just, like, going off do, for, like, one I, month. I do remember that, yeah. And then disappearing.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's also not yeah. to mention that he's a total minus 37 for his entire NHL career, plus minus wise, oh. which is not ideal. I mean, he's not playing on top teams the whole time, but it's not a great stat.
1: Yeah, he has been known as a defensive liability at, yeah. at times.
2: All right, let's move
0: well, to our next. Oh, sorry, Corey. One more comment. Oh, uh, to be fair, on Winnipeg, he was only minus one year. It was minus twenty four, which is bad. But <laughs> the rest, the, the, the rest of the years, he was slight. Uh, he was on the positive. Um, Columbus, he's been negative every year, but they have not been good. Yeah,
2: so. but it's more of a
3: Columbus. Also, also to get into like more minus stuff with him. Um, his his possession um quality has been awful throughout his career like he's he's very much either hemmed in the defensive zone or get a like yeah it's either he's like hemmed in the defensive zone all shift or he gets like one rush Hmm. and that's it like i don't think he's a very good um cycle player it's like Hmm. very off the rush for him
2: Right, also, why don't you give us also, overrated Okay, Corey, one more point. Also,
0: <laughs> also his flow, his flow quality is completely, Ooh, has is completely absent, <laughs> is gone this year. <laughs> we have gone full buzz cut. Maybe that's what he needs. I don't know, but and
2: clearly the hair wasn't working.
0: He's gone full yes, Pinkman. <laughs>
3: <the buzz> <laughs> yeah.
0: We'll, we'll have to we'll have to check back in on the on the uh, the Laine Hairgate later on. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let's right, go to Max. Mac.
2: Overrated player.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, I got one here, and I'll I, I'll push it to Kyle in a moment. But I uh, my pick is Tyson Berry. I think he is. Very overrated. I just mentioned about being, you know, defensive defenseman. This is the pure opposite. This is an offensive defenseman, who in his first year with Edmonton put up forty-eight and fifty-six, which you might think is pretty decent. Uh, I don't have the stat here, but I do know that almost all of those points are off the power play. He mans the top power play and and secondary assists and (laughs) exactly. That's a good point too. Yeah, Um, you know, forty of those forty-eight are assists um it's just all top power play give it to mcdavid dry he'll they'll do something on their own um you know he's a defensive liability he never gets put out there for any defensive zone face-offs or penalty kill god forbid if he did That's um <laughs> you know and he's just always since going to Edbin, edmonton been you know every playoff outing they there's all these rumors about him trying you know them trying to trade him cuz you know playoff wise they they want to win but he's just not been someone they can go to and uh Kyle I know he was with the avs for a while so what's your take on him
3: I was I was always a really big Tyson Berry fan when he was on the avalanche cuz he's he, cuz He's so good at what he's good at, like like moving the puck up the ice, making passes, all that stuff. Um, this is kind of going to be a little bit off topic, um, but I was talking to this guy that I work with um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, he he's Tyson Berry's cousin. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I just ripped yeah, into your cousin. Harsh, <laughs> no, no, it's it, it's 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 chill um i don't know if it's chill but but he so he hates makar and it's really funny because like anytime i bring up a car he's like oh i hate that guy and, I, and i'm always like well that's because he stole your cousin's job and he does it better <laughs> so um basically um tyson's good at what he does but he's not a good all-around defenseman and he he's definitely boosted up by playing with some of like like the best two players in the world um, and just feeding them the puck on the power play, so yeah, that's my opinion defensively, like you just can't rely on him. Um, he's a good skater, but he's 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 not a very big guy, and he's just not too knowledgeable about how to box players out and defend against high quality opponents,
2: yeah, I think Max kind of alluded to it earlier how he kind of gets carried a little bit by the power play with mcdavid dry i have a very random fact here i believe it's from last season um so basically when barry is on the ice sorry when barry's not on the ice the entire top six of edmonton has a higher scoring rate on five on five <laughs> when barry's not there Wow! so is what? he really benefiting them i don't know He's I only... think he's kind of getting benefited from being around those players. He's not really the one actually generating much.
1: And that's on five on five. That's so... five on
2: five. So that's not power play. He's We can't really argue he is really good on the power play. That's kind mm-hmm. of his one specialty. But five on five, he doesn't really seem to be all that impactful.
1: Yeah, and that goes pretty much with what we were saying.
0: Hmm. I'm still taking Barry before I take Slavin in fantasy.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, well. <laughs> uh, for fantasy, yes. And that'll be another topic
2: we'll definitely get into in a future episode. In hindsight, in we'll and in hindsight,
1: I would...
3: So, sorry, Iron. Aaron, go for it. I forward. want to hear you. No, no, no.
2: I know what you're going to say, exactly.
3: In hindsight, I would take Barry over and Boucher.
2: I knew that one was coming.
3: Top tire. Anyways, started.
0: you were saying, Aaron, sorry.
2: No, I had to you get my good, day. <laughs> i guess this is a
0: good a good question for this would be is there a is there room for having a specialist like a power play specialist as barry on your team um
3: a, what's your I opinion mean, on it Corey?
0: well i, I feel like how I feel like if they're five on, if they're five on five play is like, how much the benefit has to outweigh the uh detriment. And um if you, ideally you, you don't want someone on your roster that is only good at playing. uh I mean, how much? how many times do you on the power play a game? Maybe eight minutes. If they're only good for eight minutes, but uh, if they're like, I,
3: I'd i say they're great for eight minutes and then they can be good for the other however many minutes they play. But if they're playing like five out of their 18 minutes on the power play, that's like, that's a pretty high percentage, right? That's what, 30% of their minutes?
0: where mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm. they excel. Well, What's your the, opinion, that- Aaron?
2: Yeah, I kind of have the same view as you. I think if they're that important on the power play, it would be helpful as long as it's not that detrimental on the other side. And I mean, Barry, I mean, we talk about him being a defensive liability, but he's not been like that terrible. Like he still definitely has a place on that team, like easily in a high role. Um, So with him being that strong on the power play, I think having someone like that isn't definitely isn't a problem to have.
1: Well, Um, to chime in though, when you have McDavid and Settle on said power play, I think you're going to yeah. benefit regardless.
2: That's you be could have Max McKinnon like playing like... back there, and he'd yeah. still get... yeah. Like, would Barry be as good on the power play on another team?
1: You stick him on, uh, who is it we were just talking about, Columbus? I don't think it makes them much more, that different. So
2: that will probably be my opinion changer right there. If you can put him on Columbus yeah. and he carries that power play, then yes.
0: Fair enough. Is, is Barry uh, a top four defenseman? On a team, is he a top, uh, top two pairing defenseman?
3: Oh,
2: top two. Top two. I, I don't think no. so. Top four. He, but, he, yeah, no,
3: top no, totally. He's he, in your top four. He he said top two pairing, yeah. Or okay, I I can see oh, where yeah, the two, word is confusing there. Pairings. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> top <laughs> four defenseman. Okay, anyways, yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> is he is he in your top two pairings of defensemen? <laughs>
3: Uh, for, for, for for like fifty to sixty percent of the league, yes, mm. I'd say even close to seventy percent of the league, yes, just because okay. he's generating enough offense and he's moving the puck efficiently up the ice and creating um, right. rush chances. I I, I okay. think I think he is, but if you put him, I mean, even if you put him back on Colorado, would you rather have? Barry Manson or Johnson as your fourth defenseman.
0: Depending, depending who I already have.
3: Um, you already have McCar Taves and Girard.
0: Yeah, oh. you you can't deny Barry's offensive abilities in that instance.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you stuck him with one of the best decors in the NHL. <laughs> 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 this question.
3: <laughs> Sorry, that's just hmm. how I think. I I've forgotten that everyone asks a good decor. <laughs> Must be nice. Um. Oh, I had a, I had a follow up question. I totally forget it. It's... Oh, court. Okay, so the so court. Your opinion is that Tyson Berry. Yes, or you, you you wouldn't bring Tyson Berry in to be a power play specialist. You don't believe in power play specialists. You
0: think? Oh that no, way. I didn't. That. Oh no, I didn't say that. I was no? asking the question.
3: Okay. Well, sorry. I was, I,
0: ans- I, I was answering my question with another open ended question.
3: Okay. What well, what's I, a non open ended question answer to 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 that question?
0: I own question. I don't know. I was asking the audience. uh, <laughs> uh I mean, I think I, th- I I think a Stanley Cup winning team probably has players that can play in all situations. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be my answer. Uh, okay,
3: so so if you were building a team, you wouldn't sign a player like that because he can't play in all situations. You'd go with another player that might be a little bit less skilled but better in his own end.
0: It, 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 Cal, it depends on how my power play is looking. If my power play is absolutely <laughs> anemic, <laughs> then yeah, I would probably. I would probably bring in Tyson Berry. Like, if I already have Quinn Hughes, I'm probably not signing Tyson Berry. But if my defense looks like um, Eric Goodbranson, then I'm probably bringing in Tyson <laughs> Berry.
3: <laughs> okay, so, so, so my follow up question again, way off topic. Sorry, guys. Um, Face off specialists. Do you think that they have a place on a team if they are contributing zero offensively? Oh dear.
0: Uh. Uh, no, if they're contributing zero offensively. Like a
3: Manny Malhotra, what, did he not score a goal for, like, an entire season one time? Um, did he? Is that... I don't know. Here, let me check it out. I remember him having very low goal goal totals, though.
0: Look, a Stanley Cup winning team needs four lines I can play, so I'm not, uh... No, face-offs are not more important than the actual ability to play hockey. Um no, so I'm not bringing a face off specialist that provides nothing else. Uh however
3: quote you face-offs are face-off skill is not more important than knowing how to play hockey.
0: <laughs> no, it's not it's okay. if okay. Uh make if they were a hundred percent <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, <laughs> I would. but <laughs> if there's sixty percent? If are sixty percent, which is quite high, uh, yeah. well, no, because they if like if they're an as- absolute plumber on the ice, then no. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much.
2: Kyle's writing notes <laughs> for the debate here.
0: Yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. No, they have to. You need guys that can play in every aspect, including face-offs. In, okay. Just like, just like, I don't want to sign uh, someone. Like, look, if you're gonna be forty percent on the dot, you better be. Uh, you better be Nathan McKinnon. Uh, <laughs>
3: That's true. Nathan McKinnon is <laughs> terrible at face-offs. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. He just <laughs> so, oh, pokes, you know, pokes at the puck. You
0: know. <laughs> Well, that that's what I'll say. I mean obviously every every is a balance of everything for sure. Okay, okay. Yeah.
3: Is that right. is that are you satisfied? I'm very satisfied with that. You have no idea. Anyways, <laughs> who's who's <laughs> next?
2: I think our final <laughs> overrated player is Corey, again with a huh. older choice. Let us hear it.
0: Yeah, do we have time for this? Oh, yeah. How are we doing? Oh, oh, oh I wanna wow. hear it all. Okay, um, sure. I I have a few hot takes, if you will. Um, Possibly controversial. Um, I get some haters out there, so if you hate me, you can let me have it. I guess. Um, But I'm gonna go with two, not yet Hall of Famers, but pretty much. Well, one is already, um, and inductee to be inductee. uh, Two Hall of Famers. I have two picks here. Uh, First one. A Vancouver star and a leader in many of our goaltending categories, Roberto Luongo. I have as overrated. Um, Let's talk about it. (laughs) Let's get into it. Um, Luongo inducted into the Hall. Um, What to say? So obviously he was what I would say for Luongo. He was a Good goalie, had a very consistent career, which means he was a good goalie for a long period of time. He was in the top um, tier of goalies for a long period of time. But I feel he never – he had a few good seasons. He had three seasons where he was nominated um, for the Vesna, Didn't win, but was nominated uh, 2004, 2007, and 2011. Uh, but he didn't win the Vezna in any of his years. So he has no Veznas to his name. And in terms of individual accolades, uh, he shared the William M. Jennings trophy with Schneider in 2010-2011. Um, and that's it, really, in terms of professional. <laughs> that's it. You know, there's no... Uh, Just for comparison, uh, is Sergei Bobrovsky, will he be a Hall of Famer? He has two Fesnas. So he has been the best goalie in the world twice. Luongo was not the best goalie in the world any of uh, the years he played. Um, And personally, uh, when it mattered most, I don't think he ever really, and I'm talking playoffs now, and of course, you're gonna say, okay, well, it was these are the Canucks' performance. Yes, that's right. The, you know, the goalie is part of the team, but nine times out of ten, for Stanley Cup winning teams, for those championship teams, the goalie plays lights out, and in a lot of cases, they're the consummate winner, um, or they're you know one of the stars. Uh, and you, I mean, unless you're a Colorado that has Makar, McKinnon, uh, Ranson, and just these absolute, like, elite players, normally your goalie is, lights out, you know, you're a Vasilevsky or uh, Jordan Bennington when St. Louis won. Um, <clears throat> uh, or um, Holpe played very well when Washington won, um, just those, those recent, uh, recent years. Um, and he never... I don't recall many series with the Canucks where Luongo stole the series. He was never better. Okay. If we want to talk about the Canucks had some good teams, 2009 lit up by Chicago, 2010 lit up by Chicago. Now Chicago won in 2010. And of course, yes, they beat the Canucks. They were a good team, but we kind of, you know, there's some series where we needed a lights out performance 2011, What series did Luongo win? I remember barely beating Chicago. I remember Rene playing lights out on Nashville. Um, San Jose, we scored a lot of goals. And then Tim Thomas uh, outplayed Luongo big time in that Boston series. And I'm very confident if the goaltenders were switched in that 20, as much as it pains me to say... Hey, I'm a Canucks fan, but if those goalies were searched in 2011, I firmly believe Canucks would have won the Cup. And that's just the way it is. And then what happened after that? He lost his, uh, basically lost his starting job to Corey Schneider following those years. Um, and so for those reasons, I think he's, uh, he's overrated. Just because the long body of work, he's had and it's good. Hey, credit, like that's hard to do what he's done. Um, so I think this hall of fame induction is kind of more of a consistency and almost his legacy, but just never really had that individual amazing performance. There was no 2014 carry price. Um, there was no Jonathan quick Stanley cup run instances in his career. Even the, even the gold medal, he played good. But that's that's where it is. He played, he played good in
3: front of the best team to ever hit the ice.
0: Yeah. I mean, he played good and you know, maybe I just have some nagging like maybe I'm still <laughs> upset over these Canucks runs, but you know, I think and then just kind of the the way things went down in Vancouver, he was captain and he wasn't captain um I always kind of there was like times I felt like kind of attitude towards the media. That's not really his on ice play, so I can't really hold that against him at all, really. It's kind of unfair for me to say. But yeah, I feel like I feel like there just could have been more, you know? And when we talk about great goalies, um even Fleury, who I would almost have a similar career, or sorry, I would compare similarly with, like, good. Played like, you know, had a lot of good seasons. He's almost, Fleury's almost, well, he did win a Vesna recently. And Fleury played very well with Vegas. uh, Like, he had some of those top goaltending uh, moments. Um, Yeah. Or maybe I'm just salty that we have, we were on the hook. He retired and we screwed up salary cap wise. Who knows? (laughs) But, but. um, I was going
3: to ask if you're salty that you're one game away from winning the
0: cup and. Yeah, well, of course, well, of course, and 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 uh, I do believe what I said uh, with Tim. I mean, Tim Thomas won uh, one or two. Tim Thomas played half the body of work in the NHL that Luongo, but had a way more dramatic. He had years where he was completely dominant. I think Thomas won two business I believe. Um, so. You know, I guess there's, you know, there's a long kind of longevity kind of career or there's a very, you know, I would personally, I would say Corey Schneider almost had better, better performances, just more short term, obviously hip injuries and things like that, you know, because there is something to say about consistency. Of course, there's something to say about consistency, but, you know, we were so close. We have such a good team and you, you, you only have one goalie. You know, you have a full roster of players. You only have one goalie, and you really need that absolute stellar performance. And unfortunately, I don't think Luongo was there to bring it. Wow! Well, any, uh, any. That was quite an emotional. Yeah, uh, that was very emotional, <laughs> and, and and I'm happy <laughs> that you shared
3: They're that right with in us. in
2: your diary for the last ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say I from. can argue with any of those points, though. For no, sure.
1: any Canuck fan would can did, see. Did Longover have have a bad season?
3: Um, or was it either like all right or good? Because I think that's also something to to look yeah. at as well.
0: He's he's played enough games. I, uh, I, no, no, he hasn't had a bad season. His save percentage. The lowest it was ever was eight ninety nine. That's so impressive. That's impressive. I,
3: That's impressive. I mean yeah, it, I it's 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 I don't know if it's like Hall of Fame or if just based off his personality he got in there and like and like and kinda like you say his legacy and just like Canadian goaltender is all is obviously always gonna get like plus two points on a scale of one to ten. Um I think if he was Russian, then it would be like Hall of Really Good, like you were saying. Mm. Mikey, yeah. any points?
2: Kyle, Mikey is it, not here. Did uh, he leave? Oh. <laughs> he
0: was in here. Um, like, I think, I don't think he's a a, a member that the Canucks retire. Um, even though he holds, uh, I believe, most of our goaltending records. Um, which is a different conversation. Maybe we save that conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was yeah. going to say, maybe we save that, that be one. be a
2: long one for sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: for another um, time. And, yeah, and, and uh I think I'm going to leave my second player for another time as well, just for time's sake.
2: Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely have this conversation again. I know there's lots of other players that we could have talked about that weren't mentioned today.
1: I think Corey mm-hmm. can just have his own little <laughs> podcast. A
2: special Corey episode. <laughs>
0: I love it.
3: <laughs> Alright, Kyle, right why don't you take
2: us into some trivia?
3: Perfect. Uh yeah, so we'll do some some trivia here and then we'll uh probably finish off the show pretty quick. So um touching back to Tuesday's Instagram post, um the answer was of course, Max, what was it?
1: It was uh Brent Burns. Brent Burns. Who I think Pretty much all of you in this call right now have uh, pretty much got him.
2: Yes, I know Corey gets special special accolades for guessing him on the hardest hint.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's There's insane.
3: I didn't know he knew that
2: he owned a lot of snakes. And that's a very bizarre fact to know.
0: Yeah, I, I read it somewhere. I think it was a list of Brent Burns facts. I mean, he, has, <laughs> he, has, he, also, he also has a Harry Potter tattoo. So, huh.
1: hmm. I think I, I remember reading my, that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so there you go useless knowledge that i know i
3: i was really (laughs) proud that i got it on the second hint the
1: hard one yeah that was a good Mm. hint the aaron where did you get it yeah
2: i got it on the moderate one the viking one um hard to pick any other nhl player that really would embody a viking as much as he does so
3: yeah I kind of had it narrowed down with the snake one because I'm like, who is really weird in the league?
2: Yeah, you know what? Like, he is really the only guy that comes to mind if you think about it long enough that would own 300 snakes.
3: I don't know why Shifley came to mind for me, and then I was like, no, that's goats.
0: Well, first of all, most most hockey players are just have the personality of dry bread, anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it you can narrow it down, I feel like to like a handful of players. I, I
3: I I saw a video last week of uh, of like I think it was Hockey Night in Canada and it was Zach Hyman getting interviewed and and the reporter was talking to the producer and Zach Hyman just starts answering like questions
1: oh, <laughs> like uh, yes and he was like a... yeah
3: yeah good effort out there boys are fighting hard and then the and then the reporter turns out he's like I didn't ask you anything yet <laughs>
0: he says generic answer number
3: one like, <laughs> just a glitch in the matrix <laughs> okay so let's get into player hint number one um obviously core is usually the reigning champion at this so i'm hoping to challenge him a little bit on this and hopefully max and aaron have a good guess as well Ready to rock and roll?
0: Ready to (laughs) rock.
3: So this is the sequence of teams that the player played for throughout his career. Oh, God. So so keep up. (laughs) Kings, Senators, Hurricanes, Capitals, Hurricanes, Bruins, Hurricanes, Senators. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Ready for hint number two?
1: That was a lot. Yeah.
3: Holy would you like me to repeat it? Actually, would you like me to repeat it?
1: How many teams uh, were there?
0: Yeah. I, I hang on. I want to write it down.
3: Okay. <laughs> How many teams were there? Do you want me to put it in the chat, Corey? I can put it in the chat, so you don't have to write it down.
0: Okay. Uh, sure. uh. And I have I have two two ideas already. Hold. On. Okay.
3: Hey, it's in the it's in the Discord chat. Got
0: it. Thank you.
3: Okay, I think the second hint will will uh, will help you out a ton. This defenseman made it to the Cup Finals in two thousand and seven with the Ottawa Senators, and the Eastern Conference Finals in two thousand and nine with the Canes. Any guesses?
0: no now i have to paint no i am
3: lost okay Okay. that's pretty challenging one i was happy with this one i was very proud
0: (laughs) cool now i have a new guest and i think i have it so so you got it got it uh yeah i have a new
3: new idea okay sounds good um third hint this player was a career second pairing defenseman and power play quarterback who retired at the end of the 2014 season.
0: I think I have a good guess. Yeah, I think I have a good guess.
3: Okay. Did your guess change from the last clue or is it the same one?
0: It was the same one from, same one? From, 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 like 30 seconds ago.
3: Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. So this one will, I think we'll kind of put over the top for you, Corey, Aaron, Max, any ideas at all?
1: No, this is really showing my lack of hockey knowledge.
2: Yeah, I gotta let's, say this is a little bit early in the chill. decade for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm too is. young for this. I'm too young for this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so basically, you're calling Corey Old. No,
1: no, don't do that. Right.
0: We got Mike Burton last week. Okay, no excuse. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay,
3: hint number four. He was traded at, at the deadline twice. The first time from Ottawa to Carolina with Patrick Eves for Mike Commodore and Corey Stillman. The second time was two years later from Carolina to Washington for two prospects and a second-round pick.
0: Yeah, I don't got it. You don't got it? Oh. <laughs> I don't got it because my 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 guess was Patrick Eves. Oh, LAUGHTER no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is, <laughs> I think, is, is Eve a forward? I was like, shoot. Eves is I a think,
3: forward, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, god darn it. Shoot. Not to worry, I have a few more... I uh, <laughs> a few more uh, guesses. <laughs> so that's
3: all the hints I got, Corey. What are your other guesses? Uh, is it Patrick Weircock?
0: No. Trick. Um Okay. Uh, is it Mike Commodore?
3: No, no, because he was traded for Mike Commodore. Um, he's a right-handed defenseman, (laughs) and he had he had like a mohawk. Whoa, that
0: even is it? Is it it Mark? No, it's not. No, (laughs) get a mohawk
3: you wore number 7 or 77 a lot I don't know when you want me to tell you the answer <laughs> <laughs> I play
0: Unless quarterback got a last guess Oh my god
3: I would play quarterback Ottawa he 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 was on Ottawa when they went to the cup finals Right-hand defenseman always, always taped his entire blade, including like right to the very
0: toe, white tape. Oh. <laughs>
3: wow, these
2: are very specific hints.
0: <laughs> I don't now know. Now we know of that. <laughs> he played for the Hurricanes three times. He played for the Hurricanes. Or yeah, yeah. He he kept on going back. Three. Um. Really bothering me now. Can you give me another hint? Oh, I, I didn't like, prepare another hint. Um, Like a useful
3: hint, not like his hair <laughs> or his thick. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, maybe he didn't have a, um, what is, oh, I need, oh, shit. I didn't, I, uh, I need. I, I didn't, um, I didn't prepare.
2: Can you give us like his first initial or Corey, would that be too much of a hint?
3: His initials? I I can give you those. Yeah. His initials are JC.
2: Uh...
1: Yeah. I think it's a no-go.
0: I don't know.
3: I'm trying to find like a highlight of something I can reference, but like he—he's just such a such a random player that he just doesn't have a lot of highlights.
2: Why don't you give us the answer, Kyle?
0: No, no, no! One more hint.
3: Oh. One more. I, hint. I don't. I don't know if I have another hint. I'm just not. Something really easy that
0: I can get. <laughs>
2: Kyle just want, or Corey, do you just want another point next to your name on the score sheet, don't you?
0: Mm. No, I won't take a point. I just, I don't, I want to get it. That's all. <laughs> What's his first name? Joe. What? Joe. <laughs> oh.
3: If you didn't get it from that, you're never going to get it. No, yeah, that's definitely not. Okay, so the answer is Joe
0: Corvo, buddy. Joe Corvo was never a power play specialist. Yes, he was. <laughs> look at his. Look at his. Look at his. his Joe points. Corvo. Joe Corvo. He was. Dude, play. what? How many power play That's... goals did he score? What was his best power play season? His best I'm power play it season. Right now. Points wise. <laughs> points wise. Yeah. What, was it in junior? Like, was that 20, when he was 20, a power play? 20, 20,
3: 28 <laughs> points is was his best year. And that's over half of his points.
0: Dude, his best year, he got 40 points. That was his best year.
3: <laughs> I remember him being good on a power play for, for a couple of years.
0: I'm so mad at you right now. <laughs> you don't <laughs> like this. How about you make Dude, some is... a change, Corey? I will, Oh my gosh. You don't get mad about it. Dude, I never picked a Joe Corvo in a fantasy pool in my life. (laughs) That's because he was always on shit teams like Carolina. I can't believe you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry to disappoint. You're making me feel like my efforts are unappreciated.
0: No, 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 fine. It's no, it's good. Yeah, no, I admit, I I did not get Joe Corvo. Shame on me.
3: (laughs) I don't even want to do my second one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Is it harder than this one? (laughs) Is this the this this one was hard?
3: Yeah, Jesus. That one was really hard. Um, this next one's easier. (sighs) Oh. all right fire away yeah uh so so this is a bit older era but at the same time like this player played for a while so um this is our pack question technically but i think i think i think everyone could probably have a good guess at this um first hint this player was drafted twice first by montreal in 1994 and again in 1998 in the expansion draft no, Thanks te- for specifying you- that time. You yeah, no worries. <laughs> no worries. No worries. <laughs> Second hint. This player's last season was spent stealing the starting job from Flurry in Pittsburgh. He would have to retire the following season due to ongoing blood clots. Oh,
0: shit. What did you- can you repeat that?
3: Second hint was this player's last season was Spence stealing the starting job from Flurry in Pittsburgh. He would have to retire the following season due to ongoing blood clots. Okay. Ready for the third hint?
0: Uh, uh, no, I, no, got no, it? no. Third hint:
3: This goalie is the second most winning Czech goalie in NHL history.
0: Oh, I got it! I got it! Yep, I, I got it. Max, I Aaron, to... any any
3: guesses?
2: Definitely not.
0: Mm,
1: yeah, no. I'll what you trying name. to remember, Corey?
0: No, I, I was thinking of him. I just couldn't remember his name. And then Fair when you said check, I got his name. I got it.
3: Perfect. Fourth hint for the people in the back. <laughs> this <laughs> player also spent time with Washington and Florida, where he was on the wrong end of a Keith Ballard swinging stick in frustration. Oh. This player suffered a lacerated ear as a result. I think I got it. Aaron, no, this Anything? is too old for me. Kyle, no, that's that's chill, that's chill. I'm, I <laughs> haven't just thought <laughs> that clip. I'm pretty sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, Corey. Yeah, Um, it is Thomas Vokoun.
1: Perfect. That was mine. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Good one. I I remember the playoffs. I remember when he he stole the starting job from Flurry. He was playing. He was playing in the third round for Pittsburgh against. I don't remember who, but I remember that. And, of course, when Keith Ballard tried to decapitate him.
1: <laughs> that's all. That's how I know it. <laughs> yeah. Good one.
0: Okay, good. Thank you, Kyle. Well, good redemption. Those
1: were two so, ones. Yeah.
0: I feel
3: good. Sorry about the Corvo one. I didn't do my research 100%. I was very confident no. in my power play.
0: Because <laughs> no, as you're no. looking
3: down his stats, he has a lot more points on um. Never mind.
0: It, it, Scratch that. Yeah, it, no, it's okay. Don't be sorry. That's uh, yeah, you got me there. I did not remember this player at all.
3: I also think that he just played on shit teams, so he was he just got power play minutes because of that.
0: Mm.
1: Alrighty, well, I'll uh, take the reins from here. So, uh, pretty much concluding with this podcast, I'll just go over uh, last week's fan question, where we asked, uh, will Bruce Boudreau be the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks next year? Uh, Obviously, with his contract being up at the end of the year. And uh, 67% of you said no. Uh, You can do the math. 33% yes. Uh, Corey, did you say yes, judging by that reaction? Um... I, I I think I said yes. I can't yeah. recall, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, pretty close, but I think, unfortunately, I do think no, he will not be. But it won't happen during the season, that's for sure.
2: Is it for sure? Well,
1: it, well okay, I would. No, for sure, not. <laughs> <but> <laughs> that's <unlikely>. not true. <laughs> yeah, it, they just, yeah, yeah well, that's fair, yeah. True. never mind. <laughs> Take that back. There you go. Anyways, uh, going off this podcast, I mean, there's a, been a, quite a few questions actually, you know, thrown in uh, throughout it. So feel free to send us your answers to those. But our uh, main fan question for you is going to be: Who is your most overrated player in the NHL? Uh, feel free; it can be whoever you want. You can agree with ours, disagree. Uh, you know, Corey had some pretty crazy ones there, so feel free to (laughs) communicate with him about that (laughs) and yeah so i'll pass it off to aaron for our uh, closing thoughts
2: great thank you max uh if you've stuck with us this whole time we appreciate it Uh, i know we've had a few long rants this episode mostly from Corey, but we hope those are always entertaining to you guys as always please go check out our instagram at chelstars we post quite a lot on there for you guys to interact with before and after episodes we also post there when our episodes are released so that's the best place to go to if you haven't already subscribed to them on wherever you are listening to this podcast other than that we will see you guys within a week have a good one